<laughs> oh, Donkey Kong. Speaking of Donkey Kong and other Donkey Kong related things, uh, last night I played GameCube and we Are played you serious? Uh, Super Mario Strikers, I think is what it's called. What is that? Oh, that's like the soccer one, right? The soccer game. It oh was my God. fun. Who's we? You and Father John Davis? Me and some of the guys from my Bible study. Gosh. From CNU, yeah. Oh, college kids. Yep. Yeah, they like GameCube still. Wow, GameCube is like wow. their version of the retro gaming, isn't it? I know. Is it? <laughs> I hardly knew anybody who had a GameCube. Because really? it just came out like, what was it, after? Like after high school or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's all old school now, man. It is. Now they, wow. what is it called? The Nintendo Switch or something? Yeah, that's the that newest. One. It looks kind of, cr- I don't know, I don't even know how to use that thing. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm so out of touch. We're recording, are we? We're recording. Of course we are. We're here. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> folks, welcome to the VG Moon and Podcast. Welcome back to this episode. Um, to this episode. Yes, this okay. episode. We're in this episode, not that episode. Yeah, okay. not not the coming episode. We're in this one. Nice. This is the one. We're present. We are present to what and, we're doing. Uh, yes. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> distracted in our conversation, but yes, we're here. Um, we actually have uh, we we have we've got a guest with us. So I'm going to go around. I'm Austin Farenholt, director of advancement. We've got uh, Ken White here, our youth minister, um, and we've got Anthony Ferguson. Uh, he's a seminarian. Hola. And we have with us Mr. Josiah Taylor. Hello. And Josiah uh, is a is a parishioner here. Um, That's right. And uh, he's just a cool guy. He hangs around. <laughs> he's got a shaved head and a long beard, and he looks like a Franciscan. You've probably seen him in the chapel. <laughs> You've probably seen him in the chapel. He likes to pray. Because he's um, super holy. Some people think he's my doppelganger. I had a parent last weekend at the retreat come in. Because he was welcoming the people who came to confirmation <laughs> retreat. And when she yeah. came in, she thought, Ken. But then she thought, no, wait a second, that's, that's not him. Ken that's has hair. Him. And people yeah. were so. asking me questions all day like I was Ken. <clears throat> were they really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got this feeling that like they, they, they thought I knew stuff. They're like, so what's going on? When do we bring this? And what do we do here? And then there's one of the youth... Uh, girls that calls me Ken 2.0. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I'm the she better, I'm the better version of Ken. Uh-huh. The new one. Ken 2.0. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's, wow. So if you're ever walking around campus and you see a guy with a beard, if he's got hair, it's Ken. And if it's shaved, it's Josiah. That's the best way to, to kind of tell the difference. So That's true. Um, so anyway, uh, we got a question today, um, and I think it'll feed into a little bit of, of why we have Josiah here. Um because I think he's got some, well, we'll see. The Holy Spirit will decide. But I think he might have some good insights on, on this question. So, we'll see. guys, here it is. Here's the question today. What is conversion? Ken, uh, <laughs> this is like Ken's phone. Repent of your Ken's ways and be converted. Phone. Turn off your phone. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. What do you, th- what do you think, Anthony? Conversion. Uh, so, conversion, I would say... Well, first of all, I, I think I still need to be converted in any number of ways. Um, I'm growing in conversion. Like, we're, we're always, like, growing deeper and deeper into conversion, which is turning away from sin, death, self-destruction, and turning towards the Lord. So, like, that's, that's like, the essence of conversion, right? Like, turning from evil and, like, you know, the, all of the dysfunction that that entails, and then, like, embracing life and... <laughs> I'm still learning how to do that. And and so like nobody's ever finished with this this side of eternity. So conversion's not a one time thing is what you're saying. 
I mean, there might be a moment or two that's like, wow, that was like, that's what sparked it or something. But like, I mean, really, God's been working with you your entire life. You know, he's, he's been calling you and drawing you to conversion. Mm. Like from the moment you were born. Yeah. The moment you were conceived. You know, I always thought like the, the term conversion, if you just kind of break it down, you know, it's like a, uh, something, you hear the term converge, you know, like two things converge. So two paths cross. So I've always liked to think of conversion as being like my will and God's will. And at a point, they, they're supposed to converge. So they're supposed to come together. You know, so it's almost like a, a coming together of wills, um, and they're converging together. And uh, and then I think it's easy for us to to break from that conversion, but we got to keep coming back to it. But uh, there's, I think there's a moment, you know, when you're away from God, but then there's a moment where you come back, and it's like God converges with you, and you have that conversion. You know, that initial conversion. But then there's also deeper conversion. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think Josiah, you've got a story about conversion that I think there's a lot in it. Would you yeah. be interested in kind of sharing a little bit about where you were and, yeah. and some things that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, uh, as growing up as a kid, you know, cradle Catholic, um, I was always... I was, I was fed by the church. I was fed by my uh, parents' faith. I was fed by the truth uh, as a kid, uh, going through, you know, um, religious education as my father was a director of religious education. Mm-hmm. So faith was very important as a child growing up. Um, so that foundation was sort of built for me. Um, but I think, uh, you know, as I grow, grew older and I was able to sort of make my own decisions uh, and, and choose the path that I wanted to go on, right? Um, I uh, chose to sort of step out of that, um, to step away from the things that I had uh, grown up learning, um, even though they were instilled in me and they were in my heart. um, You know, I sort of stepped away from that and then uh, I went I went out into the world. So you grew up in a very Catholic household. Grew up in a very Catholic home, yeah. 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 And then decided at some point, what, high school or something, just to walk Yeah, away. so it was when I was 18, actually, I was able to move out, you know, and mm. I was able to go, you know what, I'm going to go out and live on my own, and I'm going to do what I want to do. Did you yeah. have any relationship with Christ, really, prior to that? Personal, or? it was, No, I never really had a personal uh, relationship with Christ, other than um, what I had been taught mm. uh, as a kid, so it was really just sort of a an immature relationship, I guess, if you will, like that I I never developed that relationship with Jesus from my childhood into adulthood. Um, So, uh, because I've, you know, like I said, I very early on um, chose to, in high school, chose to step away from that. Um, And, you know, I was able to live on my own. I didn't have to go to church anymore. You know, I could get a job and I could uh, work and, and, and do whatever I wanted to do. And, uh, I didn't have anybody telling me, uh, you know, what to do, this or that or the other. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was sort of okay. I'm free, or what I thought was free, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm free to to go out and just sort of explore and experience uh, the world, and that was my goal. My goal in that period of time 
when I, I, I left the, my faith, um, I sort of, I sort of chose to abandon God, um, was what I was searching for was just experience, life mm-hmm. experience. Um, I wanted to, uh, um, you know, while I was young, you know, I wanted to, to sort of party and, and have a good time and, uh, you were looking for happiness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I was looking for for my place in the world, and I was looking for that in the world, hmm. right? Um, I was looking for that in um, uh, the all the things that the world had to offer. You know, being being um, you know the sweetness of the world, whatever that was, whether it was. You know, parties or or girls or um, you know uh, whatever it may be material things. Um, you know, dreams dreams of being you know a rock star or something. You know, I was a musician. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was like you know I, I kind of had these lofty goals of you know becoming some sort of famous person in the, in the music industry mm. or something well, like I got that. news for you, Josiah. <laughs> you're on Beachy Moondom now, so you're, you're, I have made famous. it. <laughs> you're, you're famous now. Well, Dreams no. have come true, baby. <laughs> not, so like wealth, power, honor, pleasure. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Reputation. The things that everybody things. seems to want. Sure. But yeah. can't ever get enough. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And always grasping. So always grasping towards things. Um, always seeking my, trying to find myself, uh, trying to find meaning for my life uh, in meaningless things, you know. Mm-hmm. You use the word grasp. What What do you mean by grasping? Because so, I think that that sh- that gets really deep at something in the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So, what does yeah. grasping mean? I think I, it, what it meant for me was uh, grasping at. Um, hmm. No, I've never really thought about it, honestly. I think grasping for my identity, mm-hmm. grasping for uh, searching for who I was. Um, An image comes to mind to me for that is so my son Maximilian. He, sometimes he wants things like he'll want. He really likes cheese, and so he'll kind of do this whine and reaching. You know, he'll whine and reach for for the cheese, the block of cheese. Whine and, and cheese. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I've got a slice of cheese in my hand that I just took off the block, and I'm in t- and trying to get him to see, to look at, to give to him. But he's obsessed with grasping at the block of cheese rather than noticing what I'm already have mm. for him. And so that image kind of comes to mind that when we use that in the spiritual life, we're talking about like God has all these His grace, which is you know an undeserved gift from God being given and offered to us and yet we start trying to search for the same thing the cheese yeah in the counterfeit we're in in the world we start mm, yeah. in in the counterfeit version of what we think is going to bring us happiness but it's really the undeserved gift of god it's by his grace that we can really find happiness that's what comes to mind for me yeah that's so true yeah i've done a lot of thinking about grasping versus receiving because i think um Whenever I get into trouble when I, in my own discernment, whenever I start thinking, like, I don't know if this is what God wants from me. I don't know if, like, I, maybe there's something else out there that I should be doing. Like, the spirit in which I always do that is a spirit of grasping versus, like, honestly being open to what God seems to be giving me. You know, and, and so there's this c- contrast between grasp 
grasping and receiving. Hmm. So, like, grasping is, like, I'm going to reach out and grab this thing and take it and, like, make it my own. Whereas receiving is, like, God has already prepared hmm. this wonderful thing. It's all. It's already, like, in fact, like, God knows exactly who I really am at the heart of everything, you know, at the core of who I am. And when I just accept that, when I just say, okay, like, yes, I will receive what you have in mind, God, and not try to impose something, like, that's when things start to become a lot easier. Right, when you sort of let go and, and let God. So the grasping is like trying to control, yeah. right? You're trying to control your situation. You're trying to control what you want. It's all pride, right? So we're like, you know, we're grasping at these things that we've set in our mind is, you know, okay, this is what I want. So um, And it's born out of fear. Because, yeah. like, if, if I don't grasp this, somebody else will. You know, like, yeah. our entire yeah. world's built around this idea. Like, if I don't get mine, somebody's somebody going to get it. Like, if I don't get mine first, somebody else is going to take it from me. And mm-hmm. so it's just this very combative, defen- defensive thing. In- instead of just saying, like, I trust that God will give me what I need. So, so tell us about when you, the point in your life when, you, you know, you talked about you're grasping at, at different dreams, different aspirations. And what what's the point when uh, when you decided that grasping was not something you wanted to do anymore um well i i many years down the road so from 18 to about until uh 30 18 Mm -hmm. to 30 um 30 was the point where i i chose to uh, um well i I don't know I, i i i went to mass you know, I was like, I need to go to Mass. So I'm like, I'm going to go to Mass. And don't even know why you wanted to don't go. don't know why I wanted to go. I was like, I just know I needed to go to Mass. I wanted to go to Mass one Sunday. I don't even remember clearly. <laughs> Had you been yeah. to Mass in that 12 years since then? No. Holy no. smokes. That's so weird. No. No. Actual grace. Yeah. So no. The, no. the translation was different then, you know, and with your spirit. And... What do you mean? You know the responses that we say? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything had changed, yeah, in the mass. And I was yeah. like, well, a lot of things. I mean, you know, not everything, but... Sorry, you know, I don't mean to that. derail. Yeah. No. Yeah, so I was a little taken back by some of that stuff. I had to sort of relearn it. Um, but you're the worst. Um, <laughs> but no, so it was just uh, one Sunday I wanted to go to mass, and uh, obviously the Holy Spirit led me there uh, later on, on my in my reflections of that, and... Um, I, I came to uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel to, to go to Mass. Uh, I think it was 10 a.m. And, um, yeah, I just remember walking in and, and, and feeling at home immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the familiar smells of, you know, maybe the previous day's incense or candles mm-hmm. or whatever. It was just a very welcoming, warm feeling uh, mm-hmm. when I did come to Mass. Um, and it was uh, um, throughout the uh, process of Mass as we uh, celebrated um, and we got closer and closer to the Eucharist I think the whole time I was just um, highly emotional um, mm. and I was uh, everything I could do during uh, the Mass to, to keep from breaking down in tears and to really just wow. kind of uh, you know bawling you know crying in front of all these people and um, any particular I mean it, you don't, I don't know, know why, why. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why uh, you know um, and I I've reflected on it, you know, thinking about it now, uh, a couple years later, um, as I as I made it through the mass without without crying, and as I went home, I sort of um, first the first thing 
after Mass was I wanted to keep going back. I wanted mm-hmm. to keep going back to Mass every Sunday. So, you know, I, I need to go to Mass every Sunday. So that was the very first thing the Holy Spirit put on my heart was, you know, keep returning to Mass. And, and I wanted to do that. Um, but I think what happened in that moment, and especially during the Eucharist, I think is, is was God sort of put um, his foot in the door of my heart and sort of started to wake me up. Right. And he, he touched me uh, in that moment and was like, you know, hey, you know, here I am, you know, and I need you back, basically, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. Um, so it was that that was part of the experience, uh, part of the conversion. Uh, it was the first part of the uh, conversion. And then the second part would be um, confession. Uh, I knew I had been to confession in, what, 12 years 14 years something like that um and so um i looked up the confession schedule and i I, uh found the sunday i think it was noontime at that time confession Mm. um and so i built up the courage uh thanks to the holy spirit to (laughs) go to confession that sunday after mass um the next sunday this was the next sunday actually uh after mass and then i sat there uh, waiting for uh, Father to show up in the in the commons out there. I was the only one there. Wow, nervous, not really knowing, you know, uh, <laughs> what you know. I was just I was just nervous. It'd been years, uh, and then uh, Father finally shows up, and um, you know, I I go in and I do my confession, and uh, he gives me penance, and then uh, I go into the chapel and uh, I pray my penance and start praying my penance in the chapel and. Um, I just sat there in the chapel and uh, I just wept. Mm. I wept. Um, first time I uh, probably cried in years, but it wasn't just crying; it was weeping. Mm. Uh, and it was just this this moment um, where God really. Uh, I had a, an experience of God in His love and in His mercy um, in that moment, um, and I fell in love with Jesus in that moment Hmm. and he took away uh, some heavy burdens of sin that I had been carrying around uh, for many many years uh, that I didn't even realize that there was this burden upon me and I felt this lifting of that burden um, after confession and it was very real uh, feeling of this weight taken off of me um, and I don't know how long I sat in the chapel and prayed and all this stuff, you know, but uh, I stayed there for a little while and I just sort of cried and I thanked our Lord and, and, and I uh, babbled out my uh, <laughs> my penance, if you will. Um, but I went home feeling very light, feeling very free, feeling very exhausted. And I went yeah. home uh, and I fell asleep. I took a nap. I was exhausted. You know, um, and it was just this amazing experience. And that so so those two uh, those two points, mass and confession, um, were the beginning of um, the changing of me. Uh, and ever since then, I haven't been the same. Mm. Wow, well, everything's changed. So that was the big conversion, conversion moment. Yeah. Now, would you say you are fully converted? No. Why so, not? Yeah. No, because conversion is daily conversion is every moment um so i'm being converted right now in this moment um i may not recognize it you know as profoundly as i did uh in the 
moment of confession and mass, but daily I'm I'm converting, changing. Conversion is changing, mm-hmm. right? So changing um, and becoming more like Christ each day, mm-hmm. becoming an imitation of Christ, putting on the mind of Christ each day. Um, that's conversion to me in my mind, um, and being open to that. Um, you can't, I can't change if I'm not open to it. I can't be converted if I'm prideful and, and I don't want it because I have a choice. I have free will. I can choose God or not God. So conversion every day is choosing God in every moment. So now if I'm, <clears throat> if I'm someone who feels like I'm on the verge, so to speak, of conversion, what would you recommend? On the verge of conversion, haven't had you, so you haven't had a conversion experience. <laughs> yeah, yet. well, yeah. Like, like I don't know, but you recognize God. Um, I'm I'm just showing up to mass, and something struck mm-hmm. me there, right? Like yeah. your experience, I'm I'm feeling a pull. There's a gnawing in my heart. So the first thing that comes to mind is pray, prayer. So I, I guess I would tell someone, you know, um, if you want to get to know what this feeling is that's going on in your heart, which is God moving you, get to know God mm-hmm. and pray. I can't get to know you, Ken, if I don't spend time with you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, So spend time with God and open your heart to Him. So there's one thing you talked about uh, earlier was that you were grasping and trying to figure out your identity. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what you've come to learn about your identity after this conversion? I mean, I imagine it's got to be clear. Yeah. Yeah, so after a conversion, um, uh, after I fell in love with Jesus, um, he sort of opened my eyes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I began to sort of recognize some of the areas where I was blind, uh, some of the uh, how I was how I was living my life um, uh, and how those things weren't attractive to me anymore hmm. um, like different um, sins and things yeah like yeah so so vices uh, mm-hmm. maybe that I had developed over the years different sins um, relationships that I were was in that weren't healthy um, the things that I wanted um, hmm. I very soon after didn't really want them anymore Mm. you know like um, the envies of people who have worldly wealth uh, and maybe not in big ways like you know just someone who has a nice house a nice car uh, a good job um, which are not bad things but the desire of of wanting that Mm. something that I, it's hard to explain. Well, it sounds like the uh, um, the treasure in the field, the story of that in the Gospels that you yeah. found you found the treasure, the you know the mm-hmm. treasure in the field or the pearl of great price, right? So, yeah. I mean, that, that, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, but no, yeah, and that is it. Yeah, that's it. You know, some, I was having trouble trying to explain it, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. Um, and I think you, you know you asked about my identity. Um, I start I I. I began to find my identity uh, in Christ Mm. in a relationship with the person that I fell in love with. Um, 
because I began to pray a lot. That's why I mentioned, you know, prayer uh, as being something that some, maybe someone who's feeling uh, some sort of movements in their heart um, to begin to pray because in prayer I began to recognize my poverty. I began to recognize uh, my weaknesses. I began to mm -hmm. see um, uh, some of those areas in my life that needed to be worked on that were um, maybe not pleasing to our Lord. Um, was that painful to see some of that? Yeah, it wasn't easy to, to sort of sit uh, all the time in prayer and in silence and to recognize things within myself that needed to be changed um, and then to work with our Lord and putting those into action um, to begin those, those changes that I knew needed to happen. Didn't know how it was going to happen or what it was going to look like, but I knew there... I knew that I was changing within myself and uh, needed to. And, and, you know, by the grace of God, I was, I was open to all of that. Mm. Um, so. Um, that's incredible. Just, uh, that's, a, that's a really remarkable story. But it's funny because this is, like, it's, I don't think it's horribly uncommon for people to go through this process of conversion, you know, whether it's to the extent you have a greater extent or even less, um, I mean that, that that's why people keep showing up at mass, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I uh, I know that that nothing has been uh, set in stone, obviously. But the next step for you, you want to talk a little bit about what you're you're hoping and what might be in store before we wrap up the yeah. podcast. Yeah, for sure. So a part of the uh, process of conversion and coming closer to Christ was feeling called. Um, uh, not long after my conversion, actually, I began to start feeling a, a pulling and a tugging on my heart towards um, religious life, towards uh, serving our Lord uh, in that way, um, specifically uh, the uh, Franciscan friar's uh, vocation um, is what our Lord started to show me. It was really funny because it started... The, the spark was I was just on my phone checking some things on I was on Google and I googled how to become a Catholic monk yeah <laughs> I don't know why I really don't know why I did first you know it's like how to become a Catholic monk and and so you know all these the Benedictine order came up and all these monastic orders and stuff and then eventually I, I found my way to uh, some websites about the Franciscans and I sort of stopped there and, and the attraction started to grow and I started to look more and more uh, into it, and um, um, yeah, you know, an attraction turned into a desire, a desire turned into, you know, uh, feeling called, feeling mm. called turned into discernment, um, <laughs> you know, and, and... Which is kind of where you are now. Is where I am now, yeah, yeah. discerning God's call for my life. Wow, that's huge. What's cool is you used the example, Austin, of a treasure found in a field, um, and the man who sells everything to go purchase that field because of the treasure. And in a sense, that seems to me what conversion is all about, especially in the example you've given, is that you discovered the treasure hidden in the field. Amidst all of the chaos of the world, you showed up at Mass and discovered the treasure. And now you're discerning, literally selling everything you had <laughs> to purchase that treasure. Yeah. That's incredible. Amen. So God is so God. good, isn't he? Yeah. That's, he is. Man, praise God. Just sorry, we can't thank oh. you enough for sharing your story. Thanks for having me. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to, to tell our listeners? I think our last podcast so far, you know, 
had, had high the listenship. Yes, I think right now we have like five listens. On, <laughs> Woo! Oh man, it's quite the crowd. To, yeah. so, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when to. we're going to publish this one. So who knows how many viewers we'll have then? And on that front, like seriously, guys, if if you enjoyed hearing Josiah's story, if you enjoy listening to us banter about deep theological things that we have no idea about, <laughs> um, you know, tell a friend, share share Vici Mundum with people that you know. Let them know that this thing exists, and uh, and just let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Any, any yeah. parting words for us, Jesse? Yeah, and pray. Always pray. Pray always. always. Pray, read scripture, and, um, you know, receive the sacraments. Well, with that advice, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray, pray for, for us. us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing their love of Christ with you. God bless you.